Hi everyone, this is Justine Rhodes, your host for Mentally About Us. This podcast is dedicated to breaking the boundaries surrounding the mental health conversation. The stories you'll hear on this podcast are real, raw, and relatable, and come from people from different backgrounds, because we believe mental health is global and does not discriminate. Welcome to the unfiltered side of the internet. What is up, Mother Duckers? My name is Justine, your host for Mentally a Badass. Today, I have a fellow BPDer named Delaney. She is super excited to share her personal story living with BPD, and this is going to be her personal debut into the mental health community. In this episode, we will talk about her experience living with BPD as well as being an entrepreneur, and we are going to be discussing the difference between a bipolar and BPD. If you're interested in learning more of those key differences, then keep listening. But Delaney, welcome to Mentally a Badass. Hello. Awesome. So let's get into it. In every Mentally About Us episode, the main thing is that we like to get deep into your past. And then we believe that your past has a lot to do with currently who you are. Doesn't, of course, define your future. But let's let's get into it. So you mentioned to me that you have BPD. You are 30 years old. When did you get diagnosed with BPD? Um, So I actually was about 22 when I was officially diagnosed with um, borderline personality disorder. Okay, so you were 22 years old. Is there a particular event that led to that? Actually, um, a really big event. Um, Something wasn't quite right in my life um, when I was living in Manitoba, and I got the opportunity to move out to BC. Um, It wasn't... Um, something that I thought about. It was something I just did. And mm-hmm. I wasn't well, um, but I knew I wasn't getting any better in Manitoba. So I got the chance. So you mentioned that you were diagnosed with BPD when you were 22 years old. Is there a particular event that led to your diagnosis? Sure. So um, I had the opportunity to move out to BC when I was uh, 21. And, um, my mental health wasn't great, um, in Manitoba when I was living in Winnipeg. So I decided to take the opportunity to move. Um, that wasn't the best idea, um, because I removed myself from all my friends and family. Um, no, I didn't know what the outcome, what kind of outcome was going to happen. Okay, so let's dive into why you left your um, home area to move. So is there any particular reason? Can you said that your mental health was not doing too well. Can we dive a little bit deeper into that? Sure. Um, I just don't think I had um, a lot of stability growing up. So mm-hmm. I wasn't um, I wasn't really happy. I wasn't really um, doing anything to make myself better or to pursue what I wanted to pursue um I was Mm -hmm. kind of really stagnant and um there's a lot of history of mental health illness in my family I kind of um ignored that completely um so it really it really came as a surprise to me when things got bad but I kind of should have known 
Did, did you see any signs of it when you were growing up, like it manifesting into your adulthood? Oh, for sure. Um, so when I was about 14, my grandma had passed away. Um, it was hard, but it wasn't, I don't think it was really resonating with me, what was going mm-hmm. on. Um, and actually, we were really close um, growing up. She was somebody that took care of me when I was um, in between my mom and my dad's houses um, mm-hmm. because they were separated. Um, but I I was really angry as a young adult and as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really passionate, but if people didn't listen, I got upset. Mm-hmm. Um, there was that and after everything with my grandma happened after a lot of the anger started coming out I dropped out of high school and things weren't great in school but I don't know if they were any better out um I ended up working in a job with a lot of people who were older than me and then um I kind of just didn't even think about pursuing school after that so based off what you're saying um it sounds like the main theme right here is about stability for sure so you mentioned that you go back and forth to your mom and your dad's house and right there we know like that starts with um instability because you have to kind of be in between and such and it looks like your your grandmother was kind of like the one I want to say common denominator, but that kind of was the one that really gave you the the attention that you deserved, you know, as a child and as an adult. And um, when she passed away, that was kind of like your like that definitely would hurt a lot, considering like she was like the person to give you what you needed, you know, as a child and and as a as in, as in high school. And I do I'm I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. So from what it sounds like. And then when you dropped out and then you started working with other people, you never, I guess, really had the thought to, you know, go back to school. So did you, did you ever go back to school or, or no? Um, I did. I was working full time and mm-hmm. a little bit more. And I tried to go back to adult ed and get my GED. Um, I actually, when I did work full time, I benefited from an apprenticeship program. So mm-hmm. I did get a lot of my credits that way. And mm-hmm. that was amazing. Super, super mm-hmm. to do was learn. And um, everybody else just wanted to get it done and just yeah. was showing up for attendance. And um, it was hard for me to not be distracted and really take in what I was supposed to be learning. So I didn't complete my GED then. Okay, you're still doing you're still doing great in life, and we're definitely gonna get into that um, shortly. So I also think I wanted to bring up on what you mentioned. You said so your mental health was not good in a particular environment that you were in, and we know that environment has a lot to do with our mental health. Mm-hmm. So when you you know, it's definitely reasonable that you think let me switch my environment which I can completely relate to you on that I switched states when I I moved when I was 20 around the same age actually 22 I moved from New Jersey to Florida 
So I moved to the Sunshine State. And so for me personally, it, it did really well. But of course, you know, everyone has a different experience. Yeah. So you said that when you moved and you realized that you've you've missed your your family and friends. Is that correct? Did you move by yourself? Um, I moved with someone I was close with, but the idea was kind of to end up on my own eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was it wasn't thought out very very much. Um, but I didn't have anyone else out there growing up. If I didn't have my family around, I had a, I had my friends. Um, my friends yeah. are my family. Yeah. And uh, making new friends out there really was a huge struggle. And I've never really encountered that problem as, like, a young adolescent, uh, young adult. Um, mm-hmm. That that wasn't really a problem for me. So when I got out there, it really made me struggle. Yeah, that can definitely be a huge change, and especially when you're so used to something and then something completely different. Your your brain's like, what is going on? Yeah, yeah, that can definitely be challenging. So you ended up moving moving back. Is that correct? I did. It actually mm-hmm. took almost three and a half, four years um, mm-hmm. of a lot of different circumstances, situations. Um, help from my dad and my brother and um, they actually they had to come and get me (laughs) but Mm -hmm. it was um it was a learning experience and I I don't think I would change it but that is when I got diagnosed with my PC. yeah so I I liked your you know your mindset and your outlook that even though something super you know, challenging has happened to you, you would never regret it. And if you think about it, like, if you didn't go through that, you wouldn't have known that you have BPD. And it's great to know that you do, you know, have that diagnosis and have BPD and knowing that, you know, you do have this diagnosis. So now once you have this diagnosis, you know how to develop coping mechanisms or, you know, seek therapy or if you do meds, whatever, whatever, you know, everyone has different treatment plans, of course, of words, of course. Um, so let's transition a little bit into when we were talking on Instagram, you meant you were, you wanted to talk about, you know, the key differences of bipolar and BPD. I do have a question. When you were in the process of getting diagnosed, were you, were you at all diagnosed with bipolar? Um, actually, no, that wasn't something that came up. Um, I, I did know about bipolar, um, Mm -hmm. and um, it never really resonated with me mm-hmm. as something that I thought fit, but I also had no idea what BPD was. I'd never heard of it before. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people, you know, has never really heard of it. Are you familiar with uh, CPTSD? Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had to pull it out of my head. No, you're good. Um, it's definitely a conversation that has been spoken about lately on social media, like trending wise. Yeah. Um, and I've seen the name. And everything, but I never really actually learned about it until I spoke with my therapist when I was like pretty much telling her everything and such. And she kind of came to saying, "Have you heard of CPTSD?" And I was like, "Yeah," but I, you know, didn't think much of it. I just like saw the word, of course, on social media. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it's kind of crazy. Apparently, there's a lot of conversation that now CPTSD is getting 
mixed up with, bi- not bipolar, um, borderline personality disorder because they also, so it's pretty much bipolar is getting mixed with BPD and now BPD is getting mixed with CPTSD. Isn't, yeah. isn't mental health just so great? It's so complex. But um, people who have CPTSD are basically is you're going through chronic trauma. So, mm-hmm. you know, PTSD, we all know is like if you get into a car accident or someone gets raped or, you know, things like that. Like that's PTSD for a particular event while cptsd is like just like majority of your life you're just going through trauma like different things like every year so like mm-hmm. i went through that and i did not realize that all of this can manifest into symptoms that by um not, yeah both bipolar and borderline uh personality disorder so um it's not in the dsm right now but i think they're trying to get it in and but um it's super it's super um interesting about that but but let me back up because i know the main topic we're going to be talking about is bipolar and borderline did you have like any friends that went through a a situation like that i know some people who have Mm -hmm. didn't really have many friends um or even family that talked about mental health Mm -hmm. um we all especially my family we all knew about the serious mental health issues that some of us were dealing with, but it mm-hmm. wasn't something we discussed. Um, okay. And then friends um, with BPD, especially, I didn't meet till um, I was diagnosed. Okay. Um, these friends that you have, um, you say you didn't meet until you were diagnosed. Are these like internet friends or like in person? So, um, super big blessing. My business when I moved back to Winnipeg really opened me up to mm-hmm. talking about my mental health with people who were wanting to open up or people who had questions if I was posting something about jewelry or mental health or random things and sometimes we would get into discussions and and it would just kind of let me open up to other people but I Mm -hmm. think it let people open up to me as well. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's all about a vibe as well. And, you know, back in the day, like, I mean, you you said you're 30. So you're like two years older than me. So we're in the same generation, pretty much like if we're like high school and such. And back then, like no one like spoke about it. And if you were to speak about mental health, they would just like look down at you and kind of be like a hush hush kind of kind of challenge. But you know, luckily now people are starting to talk more about it. And there's a lot more resources and content out there and social media. And every people are once, you know, one person talks about it, and they create a platform, and then more people get, you know, feeling okay about it. But of course, we do have some people who are still ignorant towards it, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So we're not fully there yet. But the more people talk, and the more that it just becomes just like a regular conversation. Yeah. Like that's like the main goal really of this of this podcast is just having conversations about mental health and just making it casual. You know, like I feel like easy. Yeah, easy. Exactly. Not like if you're going to be talking about, you know, anxiety and just feeling like, oh, like anxious, just talking like you're anxious talking about anxiety. Like before we got on this on this recording, I was even saying to you, like I kept saying sorry to you a million times. And I was saying, I'm sorry, I'm a people pleaser. Like. So I feel comfortable saying that. And I think, well, one, we're about to get on a conversation with mental health. So <laughs> so I felt comfortable with that. But also, since, you know, I have this 
platform, I'm just myself, I'm getting, it's getting easier um, to talk about. Um, and then you were saying like in person with your, with the jewelry and stuff and people are feeling, you know, you know, I feel like you are easy to talk to. I feel like if I didn't know you, I'll be like, you seem like such a sweet, um, sweet, sweet person. I'm sorry. There was like a bug. Like, <laughs> so yeah, that's, if you're wondering why I was doing that, there was just like a random bug. Um, yeah. So yeah, you are a very sweet person and people can also just like know that just like the way you, I don't know like your energy and such. And this fly just wants to get into our conversation, clearly. You want to talk mental health fly? Yeah. Come yeah. in. Yeah, let's just join the circle here, yeah. you know? No, no discrimination. You can be, everybody's you know... Welcome. Everybody's welcome. This is so random and off topic, but, like, Hamed, does a fly have mental health? Right? I think about that all the time. <laughs> I think about, like, when I vent to my cat, I'm like, what am I doing to him? Oh, they 100% do. So mm-hmm. they say... I don't know if it's cats, too, but for dogs... Like, if you're anxious and have a dog, your dog's going to be anxious. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's like, so insane. Yeah. So dogs 100% have mental health. Cats, I feel like they're very similar to us in ways. They are. They are with their emotions. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um. So let's transition and talk about your jewelry business. So um, you mentioned to me that the reason you started because you love putting things back together, which I found very interesting because that can also have a lot to do with like helping others and mental health and kind of putting the pieces back pieces back together when something is broken. So let's just talk a little bit more. If you want to just talk about your uh, jewelry business, like when did it start? Um, it actually started when I moved to BC. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love being outside. Um, mm-hmm. Where I lived in Manitoba didn't really give me the most access to the forest or hiking trails um I had to go pretty far to go for uh, a good bike trail um so when I got to BC I got to hike every day and it made me so happy but it also brought me to lots of rivers which um are plentiful of eggs which are stoned commonly used in jewelry making um and they were just there for me to use and Mm -hmm. Um, I started wire wrapping and making things and um, it just, it was, it was for my mental health, you know, it was mm-hmm. being able to make something beautiful out of a rock. And that was awesome for me. Yeah, that's like, that's the creative part. And people who do have BPD are also known to be like super creative. So that was pretty much your outlet is what you would say, right? For sure. Um, yeah, it it brought me so much joy. It brought mm-hmm. me um, some peace and something to focus on that wasn't a negative thing. Yeah, that is so amazing that you're able to make your passion into something that supports, you know, your life and pay the bills and such. And you mentioned you also work at a vintage retail store and you sell your jewelry. So how's that experience there? Um, it's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I. I was lucky enough to get the opportunity um, a few years ago, and I was so scared, but I was so excited. I couldn't say no. Um, Mm -hmm. It was the first opportunity like that I was given, and Mm -hmm. it was the best thing for my business, for myself, Um, and now I get the opportunity to not only work with amazing people and amazing uh, 
really like like a really amazing atmosphere mm-hmm. and I get to talk to people about what I like to do and I get to see how they get excited about what I've made. Yeah. Do you find, um, do you have any challenges for the entrepreneur side with having BPD? Oh, um, focus. Being able to to stick to one idea or to Uh get a list of things you need to get done done instead of making something new or, um, you know, uh, emotions come into play a lot with, with business and uh, your day-to-day. And so I did and do struggle with um, how my BPD affects my day-to-day business. But mm-hmm. I like to think that it's not a detriment. I mm-hmm. like to think of it as... Um, it has given me more patience. It's given mm-hmm. me um, kind of the the want and will to be a bit more brave. So one thing I want to jump on, um, you mentioned that, you know, you have troubles with um, attention and then starting a lot of projects, but not finishing it. Um, or it sounds a lot also, because ADHD calls me part of like an like underneath as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like bipolar as well with like being like, like, you know, mania and such mm-hmm. or like hypomanias where you're like confident in starting all these projects and you like never finish it. Mm-hmm. Like you're overly confident. So that's where it's like with BP, let, let's talk about some BPD symptoms and some bipolar systems. So what I want you to do, I want you to just throw out like five symptoms right now mm-hmm. and then I'll throw out some bipolar and let's kind of like talk about it from there. So for me, um, loneliness for BPD. Okay. Um, that Let me write this down. Okay. <laughs> loneliness. Um, insecurities. So like self-image. Yeah. Yeah. Um, motivation. Mm-hmm. Motivation. Um, uh, the determination to complete something. Okay, like drive? Yes. Increase drive? Yes. Okay, one more. You got this. Um, for me, instability. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm so, we should have, because that was like the whole thing we were talking about too in the beginning as well. So when you say instability, more like uh, emotion, emotional re- regulation? Yeah. Ah, gotcha. All right. So bipolar... You know, obviously we have like the highs and the lows. So like I would say like deep depression mm-hmm. is one of them, like lack of energy. So deep depression. Unusual amounts of energy randomly. Um, this is a, one of the darkest ones, suicide ideation. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, focus is definitely a big one too. I'm throwing that in there. Yeah. And then... Let's see. Let's see, because I'm trying to think of because there's for me I have bipolar two, mm-hmm. so I get hypomanic and depression, but mostly depression, mm-hmm. which I kind of like low key wish it was the other way around, so I could be more productive. But you know how bad that sounds, if you know what I mean. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it it is what it is, and you and you do pick yeah. and choose. You're like, 
Well, if I was like this, though, I would be like... Yeah. There's always a give and take. Right. So, oh yeah, irritability is a big one for bipolar. Okay. So let's see here how they they coexist together. You said loneliness. Oh my gosh, words again. Loneliness, which can definitely have a lot to do with depression. So those two can connect Mm -hmm. when you're lonely. You can also feel, but it could, I also was diagnosed with BPD as well. So that could be stemming from that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the self-image part, I feel like that can come a lot from like self-esteem, like growing up. So if you were like bullied. Yeah. One part, one uh, thing I learned from one of my guests is about creating core beliefs when you're young and Mm -hmm. how when you create these core beliefs when you're a child, it manifests for pretty much the rest of your your life until you like really heal heal those wounds. Yeah. And they will always some way be there, but not as intense. And they get easier to deal with when you figure out what works for you. Yeah, and your triggers. Yeah. As well, yeah. Um, okay. Motivation, I would say, can honestly go back to depression as well. <laughs> yeah. That falls back into depression. Um, increased drive, that can go for unusual amounts of energy. Okay. Um, so your increased drive, is that, um, do you have a particular trigger that gets it going to increase, like, your passion? Um, like once you're kind of, it's kind of like being, I guess, hyper fixated on something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's just like, if I don't finish this, I'll never, I'll never know what it looks like. If I don't finish uh-huh. this, what have I spent my time doing? Um, it's almost like, it's almost like I'm forcing myself to, to do mm-hmm. it because if I don't, then what have I yeah, and then you kind of have, like, that a feeling of, like, guilt. Yeah, yeah. Super yeah. big guilt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I totally get that. It's, like, when you – the the definitely the drive. I've always had such a big, you know, increased drive. Um, but I thought that was just me just being a go-getter. But yeah. who knows? Maybe it could stem from – it could be a little bit of both. That's where it's a little bit challenging. It's, like, we don't know if it's just kind of, like – then again, if it goes back to our personality. I always joke around that maybe she's born with it or maybe it's just DPD. It's I, so challenging. I yeah. never really know. Um, but I try to not differentiate between me and my DPD anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. what makes me who I am. Mm-hmm. But it's shaped me into who I'm going to be. Exactly. No, I totally agree with you on that. Especially since you're open because you know how many people are probably like undiagnosed? For sure. With it. And it just kind of rolling with the punches and just, yeah. And not understanding what it is and mm-hmm. not knowing how to fix it or not even fix it, but how to deal with it. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I'm reading this book. I don't know if you're, if you heard of it. It's like the body keeps count. Okay. No, body keeps score. Sorry. I always keep forgetting was the body keeps count, the body keeps score. Um, yeah, I keep saying it wrong. But pretty much it was it was saying that like if we can focus on mental health as like the main thing from like just start from the beginning, like when someone was like once a baby was born, because a lot of people don't understand 
is that babies have mental health, you know, and they're the most fragile brains. So when if you don't focus on your offspring's mental health, and you're kind of just like, oh, they're just a baby. You think that because they can't communicate to you properly. All they do is they cry, 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 but they can't properly communicate what they need. So since people are not really understanding of that, it creates, you know, things like low self-esteem or attachments or just a lot of things where then this parent thinks, oh, they're just like the bad kid or whatever. And also if you keep calling your kid, oh, they're bad or they're bad or this and that. It's like, okay, then they're going to be bad when they get older, yeah, you like know? What? So <laughs> I can't stand that. I, I can go on about that. Oh, and I'm thinking, yeah. I can, I can't agree more with you. I, I think that everything starts young and we're formed into what we're surrounded by. Um, exactly and if we're surrounded by you know all of these negative things and nothing positive or no support um Mm -hmm. it it's not impossible but it's really hard for somebody to grow into uh an emotionally stable positive human being yeah the emotional stability part especially and just like being a functioning person of society and it's really challenging when you know some people if if they have a a challenge with emotional stability in this world that we live in, especially like this world that we live in is so hard. Like, especially since 2020 is getting like even more challenging. And so it's just like dealing with like your inner demons and have to deal with the out- outside demons. Mm-hmm. It's just, and then when everybody's not understanding how important mental health is, then everyone's just hurting everybody. You know, when they say hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. That's just going to be a domino effect if we don't like take action now. Yeah. And having all of this generational trauma just stop. Um, I do like to talk out a lot about that. I just sometimes I kind of feel like it's not my place because I'm not a mother. But also, like, I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think we we were brought up by our mothers and mm-hmm. you know despite the fact that we aren't ourselves we can have an opinion on something mm-hmm. um but not only have an opinion but have a positive and like hopeful outlook for these kids um because they don't deserve negativity and mm-hmm. um not being able to be open about how they're feeling uh yeah it starts it starts so young and I think for me um it started just that way yeah they don't know how to express their emotions Mm -hmm. and if you really think about it like even in just like school system um I don't know it's I don't know if it's just the U.S. or everywhere around the world but they focus more on sports versus like art and like creativity and 100%. you know sports is great too you can just get out all the anger or whatever but like people need like healthy ways of expressing their emotion and, I, and do you yeah no go ahead oh sorry um think about it like this people i feel like a lot of people who have a lot of aggression and anger and of course i'm not trying to stereotype or anything like that so just kind of like i guess my personal experience but do you feel like people who are, I guess, more in sports will probably have more likely of expressing their emotions through aggression versus 
ways of like just creating and um, putting their emotions in art. It's kind of like how they learn, I guess, how to express their emotions, which is not really the proper way because then you're going to hurt more people. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like sometimes, you know, um, getting something out in a physical way, and I'm not saying like a violent way, but in a physical Mm -hmm. way, like working out or walking. Oh, yeah, that's good. Those are great. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I do think that people um, sometimes fall back onto that aggression um mm-hmm. especially when they're taught that that's an okay thing to do um yeah but yeah I do think that um people uh schools even even here in Canada are super geared towards um that kind of the the sporty as opposed to the creative um mm. and I not only experienced that, but I used to, when I was young, be creative. I didn't have a good outlet for it. Um, mm-hmm. And it wasn't really supported. So I actually took to working out to get out my feelings. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. I, I love working out. Like, it's one of my uh, favorite things. I couldn't can't do a Reese right now at the moment because I'm currently getting adjusted with a chiropractor. So... Mm-hmm. Like, my upper body is very fragile right now because mm-hmm. I'm trying to fix my neck. Oh. <laughs> yeah, if you see my x-rays, oh. they're bad. <laughs> like, they're so, so I did not, I've had, like, neck pain for 10 years because I had a little bit of an injury. Mm. And I did physical therapy, but it didn't really work. But, yeah, this whole 10 years, I was just kind of dealing with the pain. Right. And now I'm like, okay, it's getting way worse let me go to a chiropractor and they took my x-rays and with their findings they're like you lost 74 percent of your natural curve oh my so yeah yeah it's interesting so like your neck is supposed to like you know be curvy mm. right mine's like this and they can they un oh yeah i have that? a treatment going on oh, yeah, yeah yeah we have a three-month treatment going on a little pricey but it's an investment in my health so i'm like when they of course pitching like you know like giving me the treatment, how much it is. It's like, oh, that's a lot of money. But I'm like, you know what? I, this is this is what a rainy day savings is for. Yeah. For this, because if I let it go and not do this treatment, it can get way. I'm only 28 years old. Like I have like the kind of alignment that I'm having. It's like if I was like 60 or 70. Well, it's not gonna just get better by itself, especially oh, it if won't. it's gotten to this point already. Oh my god, I, um, I kind of like got a little bit mad at myself. I was like, "Why did I like?" It got. I didn't realize how bad it was. But but so, yeah, it's so funny that you say that because like that's how I felt about me dealing with my mental health. It was like, if it's this bad already, how is this? Imagine how is this going to get better if I don't do something? Right, and it gets harder and harder to get better when you wait. Like my grandmother. You know, she has, like, the mental health challenges, like, depression and such. I really think she had bipolar, but was never, you know, during her time, forget it. Mental health was very hush-hush, mm-hmm. you know. she They would just smoke every day. And, like, my mom would tell me, like, her childhood, like, my grandmother would be throwing knives at people, like, shit like that. Like, it'd be, yeah, it'd be crazy. Like, thankfully, my mom never threw knives at me. I mean, she was a little hard to live with too, but I wasn't getting knives thrown at me. But, um, and usually people who have untreated bipolar disorder and doesn't know how to regulate their emotions could lead to things like that. Yeah. Like so dangerous. Yeah. And 
it's scary for for the person involved that is happening mm-hmm. to but like I can't imagine having having that kind of thought yeah yeah it's it's just it has to get really really bad yeah for it to actually get it's just because people with bipolar have a lot of powerful negative energy Mm -hmm. inside of them and a lot of times when they're younger they'll take it out with Mm self-harming to relieve that negative energy or instead of doing that though like for me like i i did self-harm in high school but now when it comes to like negative energy, I kind of like I had like this big teddy bear and I would, like punch the shit out of it. <laughs> I would do that. And then um, I would just have like my own little episodes in my room by myself. Mm-hmm. And then I had a lot of it about last month because I was dealing with a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. And then my boyfriend, he got out like um, these boxing gloves <laughs> and he gave me boxing gloves. And he was like, I was like, literally like not punching it, but he like, he knows how to do this stuff. So I was kind of like doing like a boxing thing with him. It helped a lot. Well, first it helped that I was, I was like laughing so hard. Yeah. Cause I was like, you, I'm like, I love that you just didn't tell me just to like calm down. You just like gave me like, a, you, you, you gave, yeah, exactly. Like, which was really nice. Like that actually like made me super happy because, you know, there's some times where he doesn't know what to say. You know, but this time he like did really well. Yeah, no, he did. He did really well this time. I'm like, I'm so proud of you. Like you, you, you really handled this really well when it came to support. But yeah. Yeah. So that's just, you know, it's practical. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then me and my therapist are trying to work with ways where I'm not like punching stuff all the time, but, you know, kind of get it out in different ways. But, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you've been noticing on, uh, the Instagram every Sun not Sunday every Saturday I've been like leaking my uh I don't want to call it leaking because it's me doing it but <laughs> I've been like exposing my journal entries um before I was diagnosed with bipolar and you can like it's honestly I've have way darker ones I just don't know if I'm really confident yet of releasing those just yet I'm kind of like just putting some out but some are like really intense which is like really dark and like with anger too. And yeah, so I was just had like so much, I was like a raging teenager. But it, that's what happens when it's like I was a sad child <laughs> becoming a raging teenager. Uh, you're not emotionally equipped to deal with these things at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but first of all, thank you for doing that because people don't have to feel alone when they see stuff like that. Yeah, I guess part of me was like, I don't want to feel like judge, but also I put it on MAB, not my personal Instagram, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure most people wouldn't judge me on my personal Instagram, but also I kind of have like two clients that like follow me on there too, so <laughs> they don't need to know all that. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll throw something on the Daisy Wild page and I'm like, oh, delete, delete, delete. Yeah, um, but it's it's kind of also intent and crazy because i put all those entries in like a private tumblr journal a private sorry private tumblr blog do you know what tumblr is yeah, yeah so back when tumblr was cool i had like a private blog and i was able to like access it mm-hmm. and i'm like okay well at least all my trauma is going to turn into something good like 10 years later literally like 10 years later is that crazy yeah it's pretty wild how we can look back and and see what we used to be and see how we progressed through that kind of stuff I think summary wise, we can kind of see how like bipolar and BPD can be similar, 
But like, for example, you feel loneliness, but that also can be part of like depression. Mm -hmm. And then like self-image can also be connected to self-esteem. So it's kind of like they're very similar, but not at the same time in a way. It's like there's a symptom and then there's like, there's, it's it's like, it's kind of like you and I are saying two different symptoms, but they kind of correlate. They coincide for sure. They co Yes, exactly. So I think we can say... That's why it's super challenging, but it's also, as I understand, some people kind of get bipolar and BPD. So it's really like mm-hmm. your therapist or psychiatrist really has to really get to know you. For sure. Like get to know your your history and just everything. So um, yeah, I think we kind of have a little bit more of an understanding, but yeah, no, it's a lifelong kind of journey there. But is there, before we end this, mm-hmm. I always like to ask my guests if there's, like a last piece of advice. So let's say someone who is listening right now has BPD or may think they have, you know, bipolar or they're recently diagnosed with BPD. Mm-hmm. I guess when it comes to coping and such, like what's a piece of advice you would like to give to my audience? Um, you know, if you if you think that something's wrong, um, definitely, definitely go and see who you think you need to see to get better. Um, yeah not it's not the end all getting diagnosed Mm -hmm. with bpd or bipolar yeah it it is a journey but it it's only gonna make you better yeah i would say taking the biggest takeaway is don't wait until like it's there's no reason to wait till it's too late no yeah because you don't need to wait until it's really bad um, yeah. you don't need to wait till somebody says something you know if you if you feel like you need to improve or you feel like there's something amiss then mm-hmm. then talk to somebody about it yeah absolutely especially with this day and age like people are being more open about it yeah and like even like to, I always like to invite like if people ever feel like they're alone or you know need to talk to somebody who would understand and not be judgmental i always say they can you know reach out to us via dm and of course if you want to open to that and i've had people do that um and yeah always welcome yeah it's, it's pretty amazing the kind of connections you can make just by being open and being mm-hmm. a little vulnerable and a little bit brave absolutely it can save a life for sure Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Delaney, for taking your time to be on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. It was a pleasure. And um, it was nice to finally get to meet you. I wish I could shake your hand. Uh, (laughs) Maybe one day. You never know. You never know. Yeah, I would love to come to Canada sometime. Getting a lot of people that I'm making friends with over there. I already have like multiple people. I'm like, I need to take a trip there. Actually, I, I'm surprised you're not Canadian because of the how much you say sorry. It's a really? Thing, it's a thing here. Yeah. So you'd be you'd fit right in. Oh, well, I definitely need to make my way there when I when I can. Who oh, knows? Maybe it'll be in my next, maybe next year or something. Right? This year I have a lot going on, but maybe next year. I'm sure you know it, but don't come in the winter. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Hope you guys have a good day, night, morning, wherever it is, and stay tuned for next episode.